Hello VO, episode number 10. Welcome to the Hello VO podcast. Plain and simple basics to get you started in the voiceover industry with masterclass instructor and voiceover actor, Lisa Foster. Hi, good to have you with me today. We are going to tackle some common questions that I get when it comes to getting into the voiceover industry. Now, these are not all the questions, but these are some of the more common questions that I get. Question number one, how much money can I make? Or what I love is when someone says, what's the typical amount of money? that somebody can make. And it's a very hard answer to quantify. And I know that frustrates people when I say, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I have no idea. But it's really the truth. I don't know. And 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 nobody can know because this is a freelance industry. The voiceover industry is one where you get to set your own rates. And rates by project vary wildly, not only by the project, but also by the usage, what market it's in, experience, uh, budget, all of those things are very important when factoring in how much you can make. So I don't know. And I wish I, I did know. It'd be lovely to have a firm dollar amount <laughs> to tell people when they say, how much can I make? And I say, you will make X amount of dollars. There you go. That'd be lovely. But we just can't do that. Because there's no way to know that. Now, the Department of Labor and Industries, I don't really even remember where I found this once, but they've come up with this arbitrary number that full-time voiceover talents, full-time voiceover actors, and this, by the way, was about a decade ago when I looked this up, so I'm not even sure what it would say today, but they said that most full-time voiceover talents make around $75,000 a year. And you know what? For me, I feel like that's a little on the low side, a little on the low side. And there are a couple of different factors. You have non-union work and you have union work. Union work is a whole different scale of wages because you're getting paid for usage over and over and over for a commercial that you've done once and you get paid over and over for it. So most voiceover talents, though, are not in the union. Most of them are non-union voiceover talents. And you're going to get paid one time. It's, a, it's called a buyout. You're going to get paid once for that commercial or once for that e-learning project or once for that uh, audiobook. So there's a number of ways to get paid. Even within audiobooks, too, there's, there's a number of ways to get paid. You can get paid by the, by the word, by the page, by the hour. You can get paid by royalties if you want to just give up getting paid for your service and get paid on the back end for all the money the book makes. I mean, there's just so many different ways to get paid. So it's a very hard question to answer. Wish I could answer it for you. But know that you will be paid very well for what you do. And... Make sure that you find out the budget for from your clients. You know, oftentimes people will say, well, how do I know what to charge? And I always tell them, <laughs> ask them what their budget is. The first one that throws out a number loses. And I've learned that lesson the hard way a couple of times. So 
make sure you're asking what's your budget for the talent portion of your project. If they go, well, I don't know, they know, they have an idea. I mean, think of it this way. You know, when I had my driveway repaired and poured, I had a brand new driveway repaired and poured. I mean, I had an idea that it wasn't going to cost me a couple hundred bucks. I also had an idea that it probably wasn't going to cost me twenty-five dollars or $30,000. So I had an idea somewhere in there of what it was going to run me. And I think that's good to know with potential clients. They have an idea. Find out what they're willing to spend and then work from there. And a good rule of thumb, something that I always tell my potential clients, my current clients know this about me, but my potential clients, I will tell them, look, I'm always... I always try to work within my client's budget. So let me know what your budget is and we'll we'll go from there and we'll figure it out from there. So how much can you make? Ah, you know, it depends. <laughs> I hate that answer, but it does depend. A good rule of thumb, if you want to think about it like this, is think about a 30-second radio commercial in a major market. A 30-second radio commercial will probably take you, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes 20 minutes total from start to finish. And you'll probably be able to snag a couple hundred bucks for that. So that's not bad money (laughs) at all when you start to do the math on that. But that's the question, how much can I make? My answer is, it depends. It depends. The next question is, question number two, do I need an agent? Don't I need an agent? People ask me this all the time. Well, if I'm going to get into voiceovers, I've got to have an agent. I can't get work without an agent, which is funny to me because agents actually don't give you work. Agents find auditions for you, but they are not the ones that are making the decision on whether or not you got the job. And don't forget, too, that agents will charge you 10 to 20 percent of your income to find those auditions. My recommendation for people getting into this business is do not focus your energy on finding an agent. And there's a couple of reasons for this. The first and most important reason is there's probably not an agent out there that will hire you, especially when you're brand new to this industry. They're not sitting there rubbing their hands together waiting for you to walk through the door. This is one of those businesses where you have to prove to them that you as the talent, are worth their time to represent and do work for. And that's a tough that's that's a tough sell sometimes. It's almost a catch-22 where you almost have to prove to them, hey, look, I have this national ad I did, I voiced, or this big important project that I did, and that's why you should represent me. And then the problem is how do you get that national ad or that big important job without an agent? So it is a little bit of a tough nut And I would just say to you, don't worry about an agent right now. You can find your own auditions. This is very important for you to note. This is no longer an industry where you are unable to connect directly with the voice seeker, that that being the person who's looking to hire the talent. I mean, it was in the old days, right? The old days where you had the agent, you know, with the cigar clamped in his mouth and said, I'm going to make you a star, baby. Those days are gone. There are still agents and agencies out there, but it's not a necessary part for you to begin your journey in the voiceover industry. So put it on hold for now. I don't want you spinning your wheels and getting frustrated because you can't find an agent to represent you. You will be able to find plenty of work 
without an agent. And, you know, in a few years or so, when you decide that maybe you do want to get an agent, start looking for agents then. But definitely not when you're brand new starting out. You, you first of all, don't need them. And second of all, you're not going to find one. And that brings us to how do I find how do I find work? I get this all the time. How do I find work? What do I do? Do I just call up a company? How do I do it? And it's interesting because most conventional jobs, you create a resume and you submit said resume to the HR department of said company. And that's how you look for work. Posting your resume, submitting your resume, doing follow-up, that sort of thing. Resumes really aren't part of the landscape in voiceovers for the most part. Demos are definitely something you must be armed with when you start looking for work in the voiceover industry. Professional demos, very important. Now, most of the time, you can get an enormous amount of marketing done with just two basic demos, a commercial demo and a narration demo. You can get into other specialty demos. If you feel like you really want to focus on audiobooks, definitely get a, a dedicated audiobook demo. You can get audiobook work, by the way, without an audiobook demo. But if you're really focused and committed to working on audiobooks alone, definitely invest in a good audiobook demo. Same thing with a character voice or an animation demo or a video game demo or a Spanish demo or any other foreign language or or things that we might call a specialty demo. I read somewhere, I wish I knew who said this. I love this quote, and maybe that person is listening to this podcast, that said, your job isn't to book a voiceover job. Your job isn't to book a, a job. Your job is to be spectacular again and again, and let the decision makers decide if they can use you. I'll repeat that because I think it's really valuable. Your job isn't to book a voiceover job. Your job is to be really good, spectacular, again and again. And then let the decision makers decide if they can use you. And I think that's really valid because you will do many more auditions than you will ever do work in this industry, and that's okay. Some people are a little shocked by that. They're like, what? I'm like, yes, you, you will do many more auditions. That's kind of the nature of the business is trying companies or producers or casting directors trying you on like a shirt. We're going to try that voice on and see if it fits. And sometimes the shirt doesn't fit. Doesn't mean you're not a good shirt. So just be as good as you can be. And again, this goes back to what I've talked about over and over. Get good training. Know what you can do with your voice. Understand the process of auditions. Make sure you have an excellent coach that's walking you through this. You can't just, again, wander around in this business not knowing what the professionals are doing in here and how they're getting work. You've got to be guided on this. How you find work is as varied as anything in this business. There are ways to find work that are passive and ways to find work that, that's active. Uh, an easy way to think about this is, are you waiting for someone to ask you to dance or are you asking for the dance? Both of those, both of those scenarios should be a part of your marketing and finding work goal. An example of passive marketing is having a website. That's as passive as, passive as it gets, hanging your shingle out on the internet with your demos on your website. 
people can find you and you don't even know who they are and they find you. That's you sitting there waiting for someone to ask you to dance. Another example of passive marketing, online voiceover casting sites. There's many of them out there. And that's, again, just sitting there waiting for someone to ask you to dance. Active marketing is where you're asking for the dance. And that's you actively sending demos out to media marketing companies, advertising agencies, video game production houses, e-learning production houses, audiobook production houses. These are all companies that hire voiceover talents. So they may not know you exist. You need to let them know you exist. And that is an example of active marketing. So finding work is there's a, a variety of ways to do that. Lots of really good strategies, even, even leveraging social media to find work. But these are all things that are best taught to you by someone who knows the ins and outs of it so that you can save time and, and be efficient. One of the most common things I hear from people is they, they say to me, well, you know, I've decided that the first, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get in contact with my local radio station. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Well, because they, you know, they use voices. So again, this is a great example of somebody being uninformed, not their fault, but they just are making an assumption that is going to be really inefficient in terms of finding work. And the reason is that radio stations and TV stations have built-in talent. When I was working in radio, that was one of the things that we had to do after we got off the air. We went into the production studio and we started cutting commercials for clients who bought ad time on our radio station. We, didn't get, we did not get paid extra for it. That was part of our job. So why on earth would a radio station hire you to voice over a commercial when they've got the morning guy who's going to record it for free? So again, that's a great example of that's a bad way to find work because you ain't gonna. So get some good guidance on this. And this goes back to your coach. Your vocal coach should also be teaching you how to find the work. But the first thing you got to have before you even think about finding work, have great demos because everybody that you contact, the first thing they're going to say to you is, yeah, we're always looking for new voices. Send us a demo. Make sure you've got good ones. The next question I get is the business side of it, which is, do I work for a company or do I work for myself? There are very few, I don't know, very few voiceover actors that actually work for a company as, a, as an employee. You are working for yourself. You're providing a service. So you are basically what's called a 1099 employee. And this is a good time to perhaps talk to whoever prepares your taxes and let them know, hey, I'm thinking about starting a voiceover business Please let me know what things I need to keep in mind in terms of, of, of write-offs and, and when do I pay my taxes? How do I figure all that out? And remember, I, I don't want to give you any guidance on that simply because I am not a tax person. And the other thing is that tax laws differ greatly between the states. So I, your, your state laws may be very different from where, from where I live. And, and plus, it's very complicated. I, I simply don't have a head for it, which is why I found that paying 
a CPA, for me to be enormously relieving. I don't have to worry about making mistakes on any of that. I would highly recommend you find somebody who knows their stuff that can guide you on that because you will be working for yourself. Do keep in mind, though, that it's important to save receipts and make notes. And I know it's a pain in the butt, but you've got to save receipts for everything that you throw at this this voiceover industry and starting this business. And I'll tell you this, check with your CPA, check with your tax preparer, and find out if you can write off the cost of getting your demos made. Because I I think that's an important part of starting a business. You've got to have demos to market with. And in my mind, that might be (laughs) write-offable. So check and see if you can write that off. Another thing to think about, too, in terms of write-offs, and again, check with your CPA, is, you know, your voice is so portable that when you're on vacation, and I, I always tell my students this, make sure you have a travel studio that you can go on vacation with, because if you have a client that has a last-minute project that they need you to voice and you're on vacation, you may be able to write off part of that as a business trip, because you, were, you had a deadline put in front of you that you had to make happen while you were on the road. So I love the fact that you can you can even work on vacation if you want, and you might be able to write, write off part of your vacation, if not all of it. So that's those are all great things to make sure that you're finding out from somebody who is good at taxes, understands tax code. They change all the time. I don't have a head for it. I'm the worst person in the world to ask, but it is a question I get often. So definitely make sure you find that out. Another question I get is, can I can I do voiceovers? Well, I have a full-time job. Can I do voiceovers while I'm working full-time in another industry? Yeah, you can. I love the versatility and the freedom and the flexibility that you have with voiceovers. So if you have a full-time job that demands that you be there from 9 to 5 or whatever the hours are, the beauty of voiceovers is voiceovers is not a 9 to 5 job. Voiceovers is a one day a week job if you feel like it. A one hour a day job if you feel like it. It's really your bus to drive on how much or how little you do this work. Nobody is keeping tabs on you. And oftentimes I'll have people express to me the fear they have if they're if they're not doing a lot of voiceovers, will they somehow be penalized? And I'm like, well, who's going to know? <laughs> Nobody's peeking into your work life to know how much or how little you're doing in the voiceover industry. They don't care. No, I, I've never had one single client ask me, well, how busy are you? I mean, they, they'll ask me that if they've got a project coming up with a deadline. They'll say, how busy are you? Just to know whether or not I can get to their project. <laughs> but they're, they're not keeping tabs on me with, you know, for how much or how little work I'm doing. So I think that's a, something you don't even have to worry about. So yes, you can do voiceovers while you are working full-time in another industry. It's very easy to fit around other things in your life. Very easy. And the great thing is if you're super busy for a week or two, don't do voiceovers for a week or two. Nobody's, Nobody's watching you. You can do them as much or as little as you want. And then another question I get often is people will say, how much, how much time do I get to complete a project? 
Like they're very worried. Like, are they are they going to give me the script and expect me to get it back to them today? I said, well, I, I don't know. I mean, you're going to have thousands of bosses in this industry. Everybody's going to have different deadlines. I think that's a really important question to ask when you get hired for a project. You know, the first thing I always ask is, what's the drop dead date on the audio delivery? When do I need to have this to you by? When they give me a date, I make sure I get it in the day before. Always, always get it in the day before or two days before. Uh, I never wait to the deadline. But having said that, I just want you to know that there are very rarely any emergencies in voiceovers. Uh, usually, projects are thought are thought out pretty well, and you know, getting the vocal talent in place. Um, you you typically have a, a decent amount of time to get a project out. But again, ask, ask your client, what, how, how long do you, will you give me on this? When's my deadline? Typically, they're not going to give you a script one day and expect you to get the audio in by the next day. Although auditions might be a little different. Auditions you want to do as quickly as you can simply because they're listening to other people and you want to make sure you're at the top of the heap. So those I would put a little bit of a premium on when you're doing auditions. Get those out as quickly as you can. When you're hired for a project, obviously get that out as quickly as you can too, but know that there's not a super high sense of urgency normally with with a regular voiceover project, but do find out from your client when they need the audio buy and then deliver it before that deadline date. All right, so those are some of the questions that I get. I promise you what I'll do is is jot down other questions that I get as I'm working with uh, potential students because I want to make sure that I I help you navigate through some of these questions. And trust me, if, if you're having this question, somebody else has already had this question, so I'll answer them as best I can. And I'll jot them down and uh, I'll, I'll do a whole nother episode on this. And if you have any questions that you want answered, be sure to reach out and connect with me. And uh, we can do that during your voice evaluation. If, if I haven't evaluated your voice yet, make sure you sign up for that. Jot down questions and I promise you, I will help you sort them out. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode of Hello VO, I'd love to talk to you. So take advantage of booking a short one-on-one consultation call with me. I'll evaluate your voice and give you some guidance on voiceovers. So head to lisafoster.com and click the Voice Evaluations tab. It's free. I'll send you a link to grab a spot on my calendar so we can talk about talking. 